The Kings collapsed in the third period in Buffalo and suffered what I think was their worst loss of the season. We'll break it down and continue to ask the question, what should the Kings do to change what we've seen lately? That's next on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. We are at 1,000 subscribers and counting. I am Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for 30 plus years. The LA Kings played their second to last game of their six game road trip last night in Buffalo. And I think they played their worst game of the season or maybe better put, it was their worst loss of the season. Uh, Let's start with the lineup that the Kings put out there for their game in Buffalo. The top line has been the top line we've seen over the last few games. Andre Kopitar at center, Kevin Fiala on the left side and Arthur Kaliev on the right side. The second line was a little bit different because of the um, situation with Victor Arvidsson leaving the team to be with his wife for the birth of their second child. So Philip Deneau was still the center. Trevor Moore was still on the wing, although he moved to the right side. And Jared Anderson Dolan was moved up to the second line on the left side. We had Adrian Kempe centering the third line. Gabe Velarde on the right side. Alex Ayafalo on the left side, a line, a line that we've seen for a few games now. And Blake Lazat typically centering the fourth line. Uh, the youngster Samuel Fagimo was on his uh, right side and Carl Grunstrom played wing on the left side. Your defensive pairings were Drew Doughty and Mikey Anderson, Matt Roy and Sean Dersey, and Sean Walker with Tobias Bjornfoot in for Alex Etler. Your goaltender was Phoenix Copley making his third start as a member of the LA Kings. He came in with a 2-0 record since being promoted from the AHL to join the Kings. Forward Rasmus Kupari and defenseman Jordan Spence and Alex Etler were the scratches. Brendan Lemieux is still on injured reserve. As I mentioned, Victor Arvidsson out for the birth of his second child. So we talked about Jared Anderson Dolan being the interesting choice of head coach Todd McClellan to fill in on the second line. Um, and also, you know, McClellan could have decided to go with Rasmus Kupari centering the third line and move Adrian Kempe over to the wing on the second line, but he decided not to do that. Uh, I did like the choice of Phoenix Copley to start in net as the team had been playing better with him. Man, uh, manning the crease um put him back out there and and see if he can't keep that momentum going for the kings to get a much needed win over a team that has struggled at times this year the buffalo sabers so let's get into this game and the first period as we've seen several times this year was a very good period for the la kings uh they were I would say dominant in that opening period, um, and they accomplished pretty much everything they wanted to accomplish except for the ultimate goal, which is a goal. Uh, they did not score in the opening period. Uh, L.A. did have some good scoring chances. They had the puck in the Sabres' end for most of the period. The Sabres couldn't even get a shot on goal for large chunks of the period. Uh, matter of fact, Buffalo had no shots on goal in the first seven minutes of the game. They had one shot on goal with five minutes 11 seconds left in the first period 
the Kings ended up outshooting the Sabres 16 to 3. Now, shots on goal aren't always a clear indication of how a period goes, but in this case, I think it was. The Kings were by far the better team, but couldn't get the puck past the Buffalo veteran goalie Craig Anderson. LA did have one power play chance, and Gabe Velarde had a, a decent chance at the side of the net on a, on a pass that had a lot on it, and he couldn't get his stick to the puck. Uh, and so we were 0-0 after one period. And while it was frustrating to see the Kings play so well and still be tied, uh, you, you felt like, at least I did, keep doing what you're doing, three periods of that, and the Kings are going to get at least a goal or two, and, and good things are going to happen. Well, the second period came along, and it was more the same. The Kings put 14 shots on goal, but again, could not score. L.A. did have another power play chance. Adrian Kempe with a decent look on a one-timer, but couldn't get it past uh, Craig Anderson again. Uh, and this is where the momentum started to change a little bit because of the Kings taking penalties. Matter of fact, they took three penalties in that third period, one of them with 30 seconds to go, and it would carry over into the third period. But they allowed Buffalo to start to get some offensive traction because of the penalties that they took. Now, in the third period, already down a man, Carl Grunstrom got called for a slashing penalty, and that gave Buffalo a five-on-three advantage, and they would strike immediately. Obviously, after the penalty was called, a face-off came in the L.A. end with only three players on the ice. The face-off was won cleanly back to the Sabres' best player, top scorer, second in the NHL in scoring, Tage Thompson, and he left no doubt with a wicked wrist shot that found the back of the net, and the Kings now found themselves, despite outplaying Buffalo for most of the game to this point, down by a score of one to nothing. But there was still a lot of time left in the third period, still time for LA to respond. Certainly weren't going to panic at this point, but he did feel a little bit deflated that despite the way they played, they were now trailing in the game. Well, things would not get better for the Kings. About halfway through the third period, Buffalo would strike twice, 13 seconds apart. Suddenly it's three nothing, and you felt the way the game had gone to that point it was going to be darn near impossible for the Kings to score three goals in 10 minutes of hockey and somehow get back in that game. And clearly the Kings players felt that way as well because they pretty much waved the white flag. At that point, uh, the Sabres would add three more goals, two more on the power play, and Buffalo became just the second team in the NHL this season to score six goals in a single period as they win it. Six to nothing. Kings fall to 15, 12, and five on the season, two, two, and one on their current six game road trip with one game left to go. Kings were 0 for three on the power play against the Sabres. They're now 0 for their last 11 with the man advantage. So the red hot power play has suddenly gone very cold. The Kings' penalty kill continues to be bad. They allowed three power play goals on six opportunities for Buffalo. Goalie Phoenix Copley had a shutout through two periods and, and looked pretty good despite the fact he wasn't seeing a lot of action. And I've never played in net, but I've always been told that a goaltender who doesn't see a lot of shots, it's hard for them to keep their focus. But I thought Phoenix Copley through the two periods looked very, very solid. Um, meanwhile, the Kings, 40 shots on goal against the Sabres and could not get a single goal past Craig Anderson, who was solid but not spectacular. Uh, it was also the Kings' first regulation loss to a team in the bottom 10 of the standings this season. So, in my opinion, this was, the, this was the Kings' worst loss of the season. We'll talk about why I feel that way. We'll talk about where the Kings go from here. But first, I do need to remind you that today's Locked on LA Kings episode is brought to you by 
BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer with the World Cup going on, esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to BetOnline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. So when you look at the worst losses of the season for the LA Kings to this point, I think you start with the first game of the year, season opener at home against the Vegas Golden Knights. And that was a bad loss because of the circumstances. They were The Kings were literally seconds away from overtime and getting at least a point. And then Sean Dursey had that awful giveaway uh, and the Kings end up losing four to three. Bad, but not the worst. Plus, it was the season opener. It was a one-goal loss to a team that we now know has been the best most of this season so far in the Western Conference. 6-1 loss in Pittsburgh was pretty bad. Uh, the Kings dominated that first period, but somehow they were down 3 nothing. Um, that was bad, but I don't know if that, that was the worst. The 9-8 overtime loss to the Kraken was bad. Um uh, but it was a one-goal loss. Uh, the Kings did get a point out of it, and the Kraken have proven to be a pretty good team. Bad loss, but not the worst. Uh, the Kings' 4 nothing loss in Toronto. L.A. was pretty much dominated from the opening faceoff, um, but that was against a good team that is red hot right now. Losing to a bad Buffalo team by allowing six goals in the third period has to be the worst loss of the year, at least for me it is. And then the Kings quitting in the third period um, after that third goal was scored, in my opinion, obviously is not a good sign. Although, frankly, I, I understand it because I felt the game was over as well as a fan watching. I was totally frustrated and, and exasperated at, at this game. The Kings players had to be thinking, what do we have to do? We played three good periods and granted, excuse me, two good periods. And granted, you have to play three good periods, not two good periods. It's a three-period hockey game. We all know that. But it seemed like the Kings deserved a better fate than losing 6 nothing, uh in this game. But uh, scoreboard don't lie, uh, as they say. And it was 6 nothing. It's hard to believe, and I, I say this with some trepidation in my heart, it's hard to believe it could get worse for the LA Kings. Now they do play the Boston Bruins in their next game. Boston is the best team in the NHL this year, and they might kick the Kings asses from, from the first period on. And maybe it's 15 to nothing, but at least even if that was the case, you could say, well, hell it's, we lost to the best team in the NHL, not one of the worst teams in the NHL. Um, it was a very frustrating game, obviously last night for the Kings for, I'm sure if you watched it for you, it was for me. Um, and it would be one thing if the Kings just sucked the entire game. I think it would be, I don't know, maybe easier to digest and just say the Kings are terrible, but they weren't. And I know what happens in the third period makes it kind of easy to forget the first two periods, but the Kings were the better team for most of the game. That said, the third period was a complete disaster and a collapse, and the Kings started taking penalties and having more defensive zone issues, which we've seen time and time again. Um, and I keep saying this, but this is another example of this season for the Kings. It has been, you know, so frustrating to see them play well at times for periods, well at times for games, and then it not carrying over for a full three periods or the next game. It's we keep seeing it over and over again. Um, and and the Kings, yeah, they have a playoff spot right now, um, but. 
you know, teams like the Oilers and Flames have been struggling as well, and that's helping the Kings to stay in a playoff spot. That may not continue as the season goes along. Uh, you know, this is frustrating, very frustrating. And you know the players are frustrated as well. Um, so I'm sure they're feeling what we're feeling. Um, it is interesting. I've always I've always felt, and, and certainly there was no better example than seeing the Kings win the Stanley Cup, but I've always been a bit fascinated at how hockey players – in general, can turn the page and move on. And I remember there was a, I can't remember exactly what game it was, but the Kings had won a big game on the road in the playoffs and they came off the ice. And if you didn't know what the score was, their faces were blank. They had already moved on to the next game. And that is amazing. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it. Um, but I, I think the Kings are having a hard time moving on, even though it's kind of what they have to do. It's, it's a weird thing because on the one hand, you want to learn from the lessons of the past. You want to use embarrassment to motivate you going forward. But at the same time, you can't stay in the past, right? When you play an awful third period and you lose like that and it's embarrassing, you do kind of have to turn the page as well. But if there's a balance there between turning the page and, and learning lessons from what just happened and making sure it doesn't happen again. And we'll see if the Kings can do that. But uh, so far this season, it doesn't seem like that has been the case. One thing I have noticed about the Kings uh, and they are much better offensively as we all know this season but if they don't score on a one-timer or a wrist shot they usually aren't going to score the Kings don't score many dirty hard-working goals they don't take the puck hard to the net and crash the net look for rebounds they don't pay the price in front of the net to get deflections uh, or to screen the goalie the Kings score on good passing plays and good shots for the most part and that's fine but when you're facing a goalie that is, I don't want to say hot, but Craig Anderson last night for Buffalo was a good example of a goalie seeing the puck and stopping the puck. He was he, he was not in a zone. He wasn't spectacular, but if he saw it, he was going to stop it. He was he was in that kind of a, of, of a flow, I guess, if you will. And so in that situation, as the opponent, you have to make it difficult for him to see the puck. You have to get in front of him. Uh, you have to put shots on goal and crash the net. And it's kind of basic hockey, hockey 101 a little bit. And the Kings never really did that. And as a result, Craig Anderson saw the puck pretty much all night long and he stopped the puck pretty much all night long. And and the problem with not being able to score those types of goals, and maybe I shouldn't even mention the P word at this point, the playoffs, but those are the type of goals you need to score in the playoffs. Um, you know, the, the NHL has certainly changed a bit and scoring is certainly up and we're seeing more wide open games, but typically in the playoffs, when you're facing the better goalies, uh, and the other teams are blocking a lot of shots and sacrificing those kind of dirty, hardworking goals are the goals that usually, uh, you're going to need. And the Kings don't really do that. I've noticed so far uh, on the season, but then again, it may not matter, uh, the way they've been playing lately, because if this continues, we're not gonna have to worry about the playoffs, to be honest with you. So. Just an observation based on that game last night. Again, Craig Anderson, if he saw it, he was going to stop it. And you got that feeling early on. The first period where the Kings put so many shots on goal but couldn't score, that was when you got to get the goalie out of his comfort zone. And, and they never really did that, I thought, uh, against Craig Anderson. So we asked the question that we've asked many times already this season. Where do the Kings go from here? Uh, the season is far from over. Uh, the, the season did not end with that ugly loss to the Buffalo Sabres. There is a lot more hockey left to be played. There's a lot more season uh, to go. But as we've said many times on this show, uh, the Kings are not trending in the right direction. They're not playing the type of hockey that we think is 
you know, going to translate into them having success during the rest of the regular season, much less if they are able to get in the playoffs. So what do you think? I want to know what you think the Kings need to do going forward. And we're going to talk more about that in detail in a second. But I do want to advise you to check out Locked On Sports today. It is a podcast that talks about the biggest stories of the day in sports. They have instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Again, check out Lock On Sports today. So we are going to have a feedback Thursday show. Typically, we have it on a Friday because it's kind of a fun way to close out the week. And I'm a fan of alliteration feedback Friday. Uh, But because the, the Kings are playing on a Thursday and we need to break down and recap that game on Friday, we have once again moved the feedback portion of Locked on LA Kings to a Thursday, to tomorrow. And I can't imagine, we'll see, but I can't imagine this won't be the most emails we've gotten so far this season. And I'm specifically calling out to you, the Locked on LA Kings viewer and listener. I want to know, what do you honestly think the Kings should do at this point? You're GM Rob Blake. You've got exactly 50 games left in the regular season. You are holding on to third place in the Pacific Division. You are one point up on the Edmonton Oilers, who have two games in hand. What are you going to do at this point? Maybe it's nothing. Maybe that's maybe you're not going to do anything at this time. Um, but I, I mean, I would love for you guys to give some serious consideration to this and let me know I, I, because I, I understand that I'm uh, you know the person here who's giving the opinions, and I'm definitely going to give my opinion on tomorrow's show about what I think the Kings should do. But I'd like to hear different opinions because I'm not always right. Um, If you think the coach should be fired, okay, who do you bring in? Uh, And at what point do you you make the change? Is it now? Is it in a week from now if they're still playing the same way? Is it two weeks? At at what point do you think I've seen enough? Maybe it's now. Maybe it's not now. If you think there should be a major trade by the LA Kings, okay, who do you want them to bring in? And who are you willing to give up? Because the Kings are not going to be dealing from a position of strength. Every other team in the NHL knows if the Kings come calling right now that uh, they're, I don't want to say they're desperate, but um, I think you, you, you might be willing to get a little more out of them than you would if things were a little bit more equal. This is not Rob Blake saying, hey, you know what? Uh, team's playing well right now, but we're looking to add. Uh, we're looking to get a little bit better to kind of get us over the hump. That's not the case. Uh, Rob Blake is... He's not going to say this, but if he was honest, he'd call up and say, man, we are struggling right now. We need something to inject some life into us. We need some help. Are you willing to help us? And I'm sure the other GMs would be like, yeah, I'm willing to help you if you give me exactly what I want. So you got to keep that in mind too. If someone calls up and says, I want Quentin Byfield and Brant Clark, are you going to do it for this season to try and salvage this season if you think that's necessary? Okay, so again, need, give me some details. Give me a little bit more than just they need to make a major trade or they need to fire the coach. Do you think the team should still be patient at this point? And if so, how patient? And at what point does that patience run out if you're still seeing the same things? Maybe you think the Kings were not a true Stanley Cup contender this season anyway, and so why make a stupid panic move and make a trade that you might regret down the line to try and turn a season around where you didn't think they were actually going to win the Stanley Cup anyway? That's that's certainly a possibility. Uh, maybe you think something entirely different than anything I've mentioned. I would love to hear it. Let me know. Tell me. This is your opportunity. I want to hear from you. The email address is lockedoneddy 
at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, locked on Eddie at gmail.com. If you want to leave a comment, if you're watching the YouTube episode, you want to leave a comment down below, and that is where you're going to give me your feedback. Absolutely do that. I will definitely check the comments for this episode and see what you have to say there. If you'd rather do that, then send an email. Again, I'm going to give you my perspective on tomorrow's show of what I think, but I would love to hear what you think as well. This is your chance to maybe vent. This is your chance to give me your brilliant idea. You've watched all the games. You've seen how the team has played, and you've got it figured out. This is what the Kings should do. This is what's going to turn them around. This is what's going to get them on track. I, I, want, I can't wait to hear it, frankly. I really can't. So again, the email address, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. We are going to have that feedback show coming up tomorrow, and I am looking forward to hear what you, the LA King fan, have to say about how the season has gone so far, if you think changes are needed, what changes need to be made, what are you willing specifically to do to make those changes, when do you think the Kings need to do it? Is it now? Is it later? Are you willing to give it more time? All the floor is yours on the feedback show tomorrow on Locked on LA Kings. Also coming up on Thursday's show, we'll give you a brief preview of the big game in Boston, and we'll see how the Kings handle this because this could be an opportunity, and I'm going glasses half full at this point, but they're taking on the top team in the NHL. We've mentioned maybe there's a tipping point in the season for the Kings. Maybe it's a positive one. Maybe it's a negative one. I think there was a negative one last night, perhaps. If the Kings were able to go in there and beat the Bruins, could that be something that sparks them, that turns them around, that gets them to say, my God, we can't beat any team in the league. We just beat the best team in the league. We'll see. We'll talk about it. We'll tell you uh, what to look for in that Bruins game. But but the majority of tomorrow's show, again, is going to be the feedback portion of the show. And hopefully we hear a lot of different ideas and good ideas from you guys. Uh, if you also want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Locked on LA Kings. Also on Instagram, at Locked on LA Kings as well. Hey, thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Lock, Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the headlines and beyond the scoreboard with local experts that only Locked on can provide. That is Locked on Sports today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I am Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings We'll have that big feedback show coming up tomorrow. And as always, we close out the show by saying, Go Kings Go.